You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Irish Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we will be reacting to a postponement on the basketball schedule. We will then hit on a star defensive player on the football team earning a prestigious award. And then lastly, to cap things off, we're going to have some fun with our new betting sponsor. We're going to do some betting talk for the first round of the college football playoff Notre Dame's matchup against Alabama. Before we get into it, folks, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. I am a former Division I football player at the University of Rhode Island, and Ryan is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So, Ryan, if you might have recalled, we talked up the crossover episode that was coming on what was supposed to be today's show, the crossover I did with Tyler Aki of... Locked on Syracuse, preparing folks for the Syracuse-Notre Dame matchup that was supposed to be played tonight when you're listening to this, folks. So you're probably already aware of it, but that game was actually postponed. Now that postponement came after Syracuse's athletic communications department announced that they had to shut down their basketball program in order to contact Trace. We don't know who has it. We don't know how deep the infection is even if it it could also be a a, you know a false positive one of those things so this is right now up in the air and Ryan I honestly think that this game is going to get rescheduled pretty quickly considering the speedy nature in which they postpone things the fact that they said they're only doing it to contact trace and also Notre Dame has two games scheduled for the next two weeks so I think somewhere in that span they'll probably find a way to push this game. Right. I mean, if, if this was the if this was the window to do some rescheduling or adding games, I think that this would be the bump time right now, although obviously we're during a holiday season right now. But I, I think that you're right that there is some flexibility within the scheduling. It's it's just a little murky as far as the Syracuse side of things because contact tracing, so it's nothing serious, you know, it looks like from the outside perspective. But, you know, being a Northeast guy here in New Jersey, I know that, you know, New Jersey's getting worse. Pennsylvania's getting worse. New York, I feel like it's just been bad the whole way through. So who knows exactly what's going to happen with that? It's hard to predict. You know, we're, we're in the time of unpredictability right now. So hopefully they're able to schedule that game again because obviously it's against a historic basketball program like Syracuse. We don't want to keep seeing the Beller, Beller Mines of the world, right? Like We want to see against some really good competition. All due respect to Beller Mine, but I want to see Notre Dame <laughs> face off against a team like Syracuse because it's, you know, it's a good matchup and it's a historic, and it's a historic basketball program. So it's, it's good viewership. It's good for the program, all those types of things. I'm just hoping that there's no, you know, continued repercussions off of the state of New York right now because it's not great but I do agree if, if there is a if there is a window of time that there probably is an opportunity to reschedule some games, this next two week period does offer some flexibility for scheduling. So you already threw a hint out here. Notre Dame actually has already scheduled and I don't know if this was something that was put on the schedule over the weekend, if it was an instant reaction 
so they had a game in this span and they weren't going so long until they play UVA on the second. I'm not sure when this popped up because it wasn't really something that was vocally pushed and communicated, especially because the focus for Notre Dame was on the ACC championship game in the college football playoff. But they did schedule a game against Bellarmine, a team that we obviously clowned on uh, for, I think Duke played them. One of the teams that Notre Dame previously played, uh, they had played Bellarmine. That game is now going to be played on December 23rd, 12 p.m. So stay tuned for that. I believe Wednesday we'll, we'll take some time to do a segment on that game, on that team, just to prepare you for it. And then also covering some of the issues that we've we've been seeing. We didn't get to react to the Purdue loss, just again, because it was lost in the shuffle of the college football playoff. We'll probably tie some of those points in into that segment I would like to say, though, Ryan, uh, just, again, going off of what we're seeing right now and it being good timing, I feel like the next few weeks are probably going to be the best for college basketball because you're not going to have really any students on campus. This is a period of time where everybody is home for break, and typically the only guys that are on campus are the athletes. Now, in some cases, football players are going to be on campus if you're in a bowl game. If you're not, sometimes guys stick around for what we like to call the J-term to take classes and get caught up academically for anybody that might be behind. So having less people on campus, I really do believe, will help college basketball. And they need to be as diligent as possible until about the middle of January to get all of their games in and played that were scheduled to be played in this gap because once students start to come back again in the middle of January, that is when things are going to go back to being high-risk situations and just at the trajectory that we're already seeing the coronavirus grow, the case rate could be higher than it was previously. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. One thing that I was going to say, we talked about it, you know, like the pod system a few weeks ago, right? Like where we're saying, like, maybe they should have just done tournaments where there's like five or six games out of in a few days span and then they're off for a few weeks. Like, it'd be so nice if there was just like a holiday tournament right now where Notre Dame just plays like a plethora of games and then we're kind of getting as many games in as possible and we're awaiting that period of time. Because like you said, right now, athletes are pretty much in isolation right now on campus. The minute that people come back from all the traveling, that's where people are going to be at high risk. They're going to be in those situations now where there's going to be a lot higher lot higher risk of spreading of the virus. So I would really like, you know, it, it maybe it's, you know, it's Captain Hindsight right now, you know, kind of just looking back on what they maybe should have done. But like you would have really liked just this period right here where everyone's on break except for the student athletes. Like if they just packed in as much games as they did, they did a couple holiday tournaments, like whatever it was, it would have been nice. But I, I think that you're right. We've seen a lot of already cancellations up to this point. I feel like we're going to get some good basketball here for the next couple weeks, and then we'll see what's happening with the quarantine, how hard places are getting hit. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better until we finally get the vaccine you know, in full circulation. But for now, let's enjoy some college basketball because it looks like we'll have some on the brink for at least the next couple weeks. Sadly, Ryan, I think you have too much faith in the NCAA and also some of these conference leadership positions to properly coordinate something like a holiday tournament. Sadly, we do not have that. Uh, I would like also to say we will run that crossover episode as soon as 
that game is rescheduled. Hopefully it's not rescheduled for the end of January and we have to completely re-record it. But just stay tuned for that. As soon as we know when this game is going to be played, that is when that crossover is going to be run and you'll get to tune in and listen to it. Coming up, we are going to hit on Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa earning a national award. We're going to get to that very soon. Before we do so, though, folks, I want to talk to you about my favorite beer out there, that being Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need that moment to chill? How do you like to hit that reset button when you want to get ready for what's next? I know the way that I love to do it is grabbing a Coors Light, kicking back and relaxing and enjoying an ice cold beer. I know this weekend on Friday and Saturday when I'm with my family celebrating the holiday, I'm going to bring a six pack of Coors Light with me just so I can relax and not have to think about anything else but the holidays, my family, and also whatever football game that I've turned on and I am watching. Coors Light wants you to know no matter what you're going to be watching, especially this weekend, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing right now, there are still plenty of teams and sports going on that can give you an excuse to chill and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I also want to talk to you folks about our new betting partner, Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups already sneaking up on us. The NFL regular season is also very close to finishing up. We're getting really close to the playoffs, and the playoff picture is becoming clearer. There's only one place that has you covered, and that one place that you can trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So if you put down $1,000 to bet, you will get another $500 of additional funds to then bet with. And I know right now is the perfect time to put money in for anything betting related. Put your money down because we have college bowl season coming up and there are so many fun, exciting games. Anything can happen. If you've got uh, you know, a little bit of an itch that you think somebody is going to get upset, you're going to have a surprise victory from a small school, go put that bet in and use bet online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't sit and watch your friends make all the money on betting. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on Notre Dame doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ryan, let's get into talking about Jeremiah Awusu-Koromoa, the ultra-talented 
linebacker for the University of Notre Dame. It was announced Monday afternoon that Jock was going to be winning the Butkus Award, the award for the best linebacker in the country. Pretty safe to say right now, Ryan, I don't think either of us are very shocked because we both spoke about if someone was going to win a national award, it was going to be our guy, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. I mean, I mean, he's been for one of the best defenses in all college football for a top four team in the country. He's been the defensive catalyst. I feel like every week he's making a play that has decided a football game every single week, whether it is a forced fumble, an interception, a pass breakup, a sack, like whatever it is, he's a multifaceted athlete who has really had a huge impact on Notre Dame. If he's not the most important player on the defense, if you're going to argue Kyle Hamilton, he is easily the second best, and he's obviously the best linebacker on Notre Dame's team right now. And in this season, going into the year, the the biggest um, the biggest players that you probably would have pointed at for the Buckus Award were probably Micah Parsons for Penn State, who opted out, hasn't played this season. The second guy probably would have been Dylan Moses, coming back from an injury for Alabama. And this is speaking from a, just a general um, observation and from an NFL draft perspective, Dylan Moses has been pretty bad this year. So then it's all wide open. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa obviously is one of the front runners with the year he's having. The other guys you could probably mention are Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, maybe Nick Bolton from Missouri, who are both excellent football players who both have an opportunity, like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, to potentially go in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. That's how talented they are. But when you stack up the brand of Notre Dame playing for a top-four team in the country versus a Tulsa, even though Tulsa's having a really good season, and Zayvon Collins is an excellent football player, and then you compare it to Missouri, who is just a middling SEC team, middling to below to below average SEC team. And although Nick, if Nick Bolton would have won, I wouldn't have said anything because I think he's an excellent football player. He's had a dynamic season. But when you couple everything, the impact of a football team, the raw numbers, the ability to be a versatile piece on the second level and playing for a brand and a top four team in all of college football, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, after Parsons opt out and Dylan Moses doesn't play well, I think that it was pretty, pretty, you know, there was a pretty easy understanding of why he won this award. And for me, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, when he got, you know, up for the award, he was probably the most likely because when you just add everything together, it just makes a whole lot of sense. And not having Micah Parsons certainly helped him, but you know, regardless, winning the award is winning the award. Jeremiah Wusukoromoa has done so much for this Notre Dame defense, and every time that Notre Dame has had a stout defense, there's always been a linebacker roaming around making incredible plays, attacking the line of scrimmage, picking the ball off, just hitting guys, and, and making plays that you need from a leader. And he actually joins the list of the two most recent dominant linebackers for this Notre Dame team, Jalen Smith and Manti Teo in the group. And now the question is, can he be the next to be selected early on? Now, those guys were both second-round picks. Do we possibly see Jeremiah Usukoromo arrive this current momentum, maybe depending on how he plays against Alabama, and if they're able to advance past Alabama, does he then have the momentum to push that push himself into the first-round conversation because, frankly, I think he does. I think I'd rather have him over some of these other guys that have been talked up, specifically Dylan Moses. I'd rather have a guy that has versatility defensively as we're seeing more defensive coordinators seeking out guys that can do multiple things, play defensive back, play linebacker. Heck, can I rush you off the edge? And I think Jock fits that that uh, that mold. Oh, no, I mean, you're 100% correct. What the NFL wants right now in this, in this passing lead that was really – 
emphasizing creating space for playmakers. Having a guy like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who plays the rover position in the 4-2-5 alignment for Notre Dame, he's part safety, he's part linebacker. Is he a perfect fit into either? No, but how the game is played today, it doesn't matter. Call him what you want, call him a linebacker, call him a second-level defender. All I know is on that second level, he can make a huge impact. Whether, again, that is blitzing for multiple spots, playing the run, playing weak side linebacker, being able to fill surprisingly well for a guy that's only about 220 pounds, but the real emphasis that he has and the impact that he has, especially going on to the next level, is in the passing game. He has nice instincts and zone coming from his stays as a safety, but also he can cover man-to-man. We've seen him at you know, Syracuse against North Carolina. They're, he's playing in space against some talented slot receivers, and he is step-for-step step with these guys. He's shadowing them. And when we're looking at a second-level defender, a safe a linebacker that maybe, hey, in, in nickel packages and dime packages, maybe I don't have to take that extra linebacker off the field because this kid might be that type of athlete. I think he has a very good opportunity to go into the first round and be a high-impact defender. I think that with how much he does, that if he gets drafted into the right situation in the first round, I think he might even be one of those defensive player of the year award candidates because he just does so much and he will have the ability to stuff a stat sheet at the next level. In a few minutes, we will wrap up today's show with a betting segment filling you in on the latest props and lines coming into Notre Dame's matchup against Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Before we get to that, though, Ryan, why don't you talk to our listeners about the best workout supplement out there on the market? Yeah, and it, it was kind of tough waking up this morning after the loss this weekend. It's even worse waking up on a Tuesday, so I'm trying to help you to break through your wall. Whether that's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation of your life, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or just put it in your glove compartment or in your back pocket to get through the rest of the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural so it's even better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and even better results. It comes currently in three delicious flavors. They are peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, plus it's easier on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. It comes beta-alamine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine, a part of the recipe to really get you through the day. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong, even when you feel like you're faded. It has B6, B12, that 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while making you perform better. You can go visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That's all capital, LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off of your next order Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BillGo.com. Let's go. Every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday night football action and top 
fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a locked-on fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, also, if you're going to subscribe to something... Make sure you subscribe to our show so you can stay up to date. You don't miss out on any episodes. We're coming out of crunch time, folks. National Championship in the college football playoff, the Rose Bowl, is not too far away. That is coming up on January 1st, so you need to hit that subscribe button. Don't miss out on any episodes as we're getting you prepared for the end of this season for Notre Dame football. Now, I would like to introduce bringing in some topics that we don't typically hit on. We've brought up betting lines before, but now that we're partnered with Bet Online, we figured this would be the perfect show and and timing to introduce uh, some betting conversations. Now, we're not going to always shove betting conversations down your throats, but we figured with this relevant information, we would bring up some interesting props and also lines coming from the Notre Dame-Alabama game and sharing our thoughts if we think that they're likely or not, what we think is going to actually happen in this game. So leading into the first one, Notre Dame right now per betonline.ag is listed as a uh, has, has 14 to 1 odds to win the national championship. Ryan, do you think this is either not likely enough is it is it too likely or is it just right i think it's just right like it's not crazy low where it seems a little disrespectful to notre dame i mean but although you're only talking about four different teams so how how high can the odds honestly be if there's only a one in four chance in theory right but i i feel like notre dame's definitely the underdog in this situation it's not terrible odds i feel like i might think about this one right here you know 14 to 1 you know, you get a little payout potentially there if, if you get it right. If Notre Dame does pull up a couple upsets, I, I didn't. I didn't hate this one. I didn't think it was disrespectful. I, I, I personally thought it was just about right. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. It's not like they gave them 50 to one odds and they decided to clown on Notre Dame. Honestly, right. this, this is, this disres- is- like that would have been disrespectful if it was like something outrageous. On right. The, when you technically have a one in four chance of winning, you know what I mean? I'm not entirely endorsing this, but. Uh, if you're willing to just put like a couple dollars down actually on Notre Dame, I, I don't think that's actually a crazy idea to with 14 to one odds. You may make some money if, if they end up beating Alabama and, and I mean, where we both sit here and I think I'm very optimistic. I think they're going to play better than anybody gives them credit to, but heck, if, if you think Notre Dame's going to come out there and play a strong game against Alabama, maybe put $10 down on a bet like that. Here's the second one that we have, and this one this one irks me a little bit because I get it. Alabama's talented, but really, are they this much more talented? Alabama's listed as 19, uh, minus 19-point favorites. That That's what uh, Alabama's currently being given right now. That's what the line is in favor of Alabama, minus 19. Ryan, where do you stand on this? Is this does it sound about right? Too much, too low? I mean, I think this one's more disrespectful than the last one, to be honest. I understand that we just lost it to Clemson when the line was like 10.5 or whatever it was. At that point, I don't remember exactly what it was. But obviously, you lost by 24 points. You didn't cover in that situation. You're playing against the quote-unquote best team in the NFL, in the college football right now. For me, though, like I think 19 is too much. I do. Because one, and I'm going to say this, and I, I, this might be controversial. I think Clemson's a better football team than Alabama. I'll just put it out there. So... 
I think Notre Dame is going to have a better effort because, I mean, you have to feel like Notre Dame has to be feeling a little disrespected right now, and they have to have a chip on their shoulder. They just suffered their first loss, and if this team is different than the teams in the past, if they have any mental toughness, then you would think that they would come out and they would run on all cylinders against Alabama. Am I predicting a victory? We'll see at the end of the week. Probably not. Or at the, the end, end of next weeks, week. Then in next week, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I like to be an optimistic guy with Notre Dame, but I, I'm not right now. I'm not willing to say that Notre Dame is going to win this game. But I will say, if I had to bet on this one, I would definitely take Notre Dame to cover that 19. This is kind of an early peek behind the curtain, but like I'm thinking to myself out loud right now. Notre Dame has a really good run defense. We've seen them shut down talented running backs, and that is the identity of of this Alabama team is being able to run the football with Najee Harris, who is. Uh, right now, one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy. I believe he was actually listed as like one of the top favorites on Bet Online. But if you look past that, what made Clemson so hard to stop was that they were able to let Trevor Lawrence get going in everything that he does well, which is what we were worried about. But I think we can both agree right here, Ryan. Mac Jones is not even in the same stratosphere as Trevor Lawrence. He is not a guy that I want playing hero ball to try and win my football team an important game. I think Notre Dame is going to keep this game a lot closer than people anticipate. Everybody wants to just, you know, play the lazy take because everyone thinks that they're this this top-level important analyst that some random guy with 50 followers thinks that he knows everything and that Notre Dame is going to get stomped by Alabama because they're the number one team in the country. If you look at what Notre Dame does well, if you look at what Alabama does well, this game is going to be lower scoring and closer than you anticipate. And I'm willing to, I have this strange feeling that I probably just jinxed us, but I, I firmly believe this game is going to be closer than 19 points. I mean, we're, we're going to get into like the, the, the schematic perspective of Notre Dame of how they need to attack Alabama but just off the surface I agree 100% you know it's when the quarterback when the extension in the run game when the quarterback does not have a huge effect like it was in the first game against Clemson we saw Notre Dame's run defense doing an excellent job against a guy like Travis Etienne now Najee Harris is a great football player she get all respect in the world but Mac Jones has one rushing yard this year one rushing yard, a single rushing yard. I can't. I, can't, I, I mean, I, I mean, and obviously, college football's college football's a little backwards because they always, you know, they take the the yardage from right. the sacks and like it's it's a little. I, I don't like how they do that, but he has he's not a running threat in any way. They are going to be able to have a plan to stop Najee Harris and force Mac Jones to beat you. And Mac Jones could beat us because he has a lot of talent around right. him and he's he's had a great season. So that could happen. But I agree that that Notre Dame is going to have a much easier job making Alabama one-dimensional and keeping this game close than they did this past weekend against Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to highlight here. And I, I think back to when you brought up that point on Mac Jones, I think back to the play a few weeks ago where it took him like 45 minutes to reach the line of scrimmage and he just stumbled and bumbled his way to a first or ever down. Slowest <laughs> juke I've ever seen in my life. You know, somebody... Somebody tweeted that out and said, like, wow, nice move by Mac Jones. I'm like, really? I, I hope it, it was, was facetious. It? I don't I, know I, if that was if, if it was serious. I sure hope so, man. That was that was one of the ugliest, most unathletic things I've ever seen in my life. So all right, let's hit on this last line to uh to wrap up today's show. The over-under for this game. This one's pretty wild. 64 and a half points is the over-under. I'm not touching that one. I'm not taking the over on that one. This game is going to be a lot lower scoring than people think it's going to be. No shot that 64 points are scored in this game. 
Joe, this last segment was boring, man. You just keep agreeing with me so much. I'm definitely going under here, though. 64 and a half. Like, it's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to throw in. I'm sorry that we're. I'm sorry that we're both reasonable adults, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sometimes we have discourse, you know. But 64 and a half, definitely the under. Definitely the under. I think Notre Dame is going to have a much better defensive effort. The only thing that's tempting me is like, if they do get out and it becomes somewhat of a shootout, I do think Notre Dame is going to be able to score against Alabama because Alabama's defense has been very hit or miss this year. So like, if it gets into that style of game, but my my thought process is going. If Notre Dame's going to win this game, and we saw the recipe for not winning football games this past week against Clemson, Notre Dame has to get that run game established early, get Ian Book moving around, get him involved in the running game a little bit. If that happens and they are successful and their defense plays just a smidge, uh, well, not a smidge, if they play better than they did against Clemson, then I'm looking at a very slower-paced game. I don't see Notre Dame opening up the offense unless it gets to a point where it's like, wow, they just hit two long touchdowns to start the game, and now we have to try to score it then. That's the only way I think that it becomes that type of game, but I definitely feel very comfortable saying under on that one. If we have time next week, we might revisit some of these if they change in any way. I I don't think that's going to happen, but as lines and over-unders sometimes tend to be adjusted, we might circle back and talk about this stuff. But in the meantime, this was a little bit of an early taste about what we're going to really start to dig into next week, maybe a little bit at the end of this week. Coming up on our next show, we're going to preview Bellarmine and then hit on some uh, current news surrounding the football program. Additionally, uh, folks, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, and also at Locked on Irish. To stay up to date on all of our show's content, please hit that subscribe button as well uh, and leave a review if you enjoyed the, the show so far. We've had a couple really nice reviews that have been dropped recently and would appreciate helping out the show and giving us a review. Also, folks, uh, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on to Locked on NFL as I talked about earlier. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.